Hail and welcome to A is for Agrimony, coffee-stained notes on witchcraft. I am Margot, your your witch bitch who knows the sitch. Uh, that was awful, and I'm sorry, and they're probably only going to get worse. Um, as this episode drops on Friday, the 2nd of June, I want to wish everyone a happy Pride Month, and I mean that, everyone, even the ones who don't want to hear it, although I doubt those people are listening to this podcast, but you never know. Uh, In the last few years, it seems like the voices of bigotry have gotten a little louder and more dangerous, and decisions in politics and government have certainly reflected that lately. The United States, whose history, culture, and society have been shaped and molded by many more hands than are given credit for it, especially those in the LGBTQ plus community, who continue to be treated like outsiders when in all actuality they are anything but... The United States is not safe for gay, trans, or queer people. Unfortunately, that is the truth. And it doesn't matter if you're not in Florida or Idaho or Indiana or Arkansas, and we all know I could keep going. It doesn't matter that there are still several states where blatant attacks on LGBTQ plus rights aren't happening. As long as just one state continues to put its own citizens at risk for the sake of some imbecilic and asinine delusions based on extreme religious fanaticism completely lacking in logic, reason, science, or evidentiary fact, and most importantly, compassion, completely lacking in compassion of any kind at all. As long as just one state keeps up with the attacks, the United States is and will be unsafe for gay, trans, and queer people. Period. So, no love is love this year. Nope. The message I want to put out is that every soul living here deserves to live in peace, in happiness, and in power. And that includes the LGBTQ community. This Pride Month, I want to dispense with the love is love trope, uh, although it is a beautiful sentiment. Because we all know love is love. We know it. And yet there are still too many of us who choose to be led by hate and fear, disguised as religion or unscrupulously labeled as moral. There are no morals and values in gender-affirming care bans, sports bans, don't-say-gay bills and drag bans. None. No, what I want to say this Pride Month should be simple. LGBTQ plus folks deserve to live in peace and happiness and in power. And if you're having a hard time hearing this, you may want to rethink your whole approach to your so-called spirituality, because I'm about to talk about why witchcraft is not only inherently political, but why it's inherently queer as well. Witchcraft and paganism is inherently political and inherently queer, due to the ways in which they challenge societal norms and power structures, embracing diversity and empowering marginalized individuals, now and throughout history. Witchcraft and paganism often challenge established power structures, hierarchies, and dominant religious ideologies. They promote personal empowerment, individual autonomy, and the rejection of oppressive systems. By questioning and resisting societal norms, these practices inherently have political implications. Both witchcraft and paganism celebrate diversity and inclusivity. They acknowledge and honor a wide range of identities, experiences, and expressions. 
In pagan and witchcraft communities, individuals are often encouraged to embrace their unique selves and connect with their own authentic spiritual paths. This inclusivity extends to gender, sexuality, and other aspects of identity, making these practices inherently queer-friendly. Many forms of witchcraft and paganism emphasize the divine feminine and seek to reclaim and honor the power and wisdom associated with femininity. This reclamation challenges patriarchal structures and offers alternative narratives that value the contributions of women, non-binary individuals, and the queer community. Witchcraft and pagan practices often involve rituals and ceremonies that aim to transform individuals and society. These rituals can encompass themes of personal liberation, social justice, and healing. They provide spaces for collective empowerment, resistance against oppression, and the cultivation of compassion and empathy. Historically, witchcraft and pagan practices have faced persecution, often as a result of their deviation from established religious and societal norms. This history of marginalization and resistance has offered an environment of resilience, solidarity, and a commitment to social justice within modern witchcraft and pagan communities as well as outside of them. And finally, many pagan and witchcraft traditions incorporate mythologies, deities, and archetypes that transcend binary notions of gender and sexuality. These traditions acknowledge and embrace queerness as a natural and sacred part of human existence. This allows queer individuals to find resonance, validation, and empowerment within these spiritual paths. No, not all practitioners of witchcraft and paganism identify as political or queer, but that doesn't change anything about the facts as I've just listed them. Despite how you may feel, and despite any diverging individual experiences or perspectives, the innate, political, and queer-friendly nature of these practices have been instrumental in providing spaces of empowerment, liberation, and resistance for many marginalized individuals. And I am proud to call myself a witch for that reason. Okay, you know what? That felt really good. Even if I lose a listener or two over it, which, hello, have you met me? That felt good. So, moving on. Tomorrow is the full strawberry moon in Sagittarius. Strawberry moon is a name commonly used in North America, originating with the Algonquin tribes, who associated this time with the ripening of strawberries during the month of June. However, it's worth noting that different cultures and regions have their own unique names for the June full moon. In Europe, it is sometimes called the Rose Moon due to the abundance of roses in bloom during this time of year. And some Native Americans refer to it as the River Moon or Summer Moon to acknowledge the summer solstice, which arrives this month. The word Honeymoon traces back to at least the 1500s in Europe. The tradition of calling the first month of marriage the Honeymoon may be tied to this full moon because of the custom of marrying in June as well as the lost tradition of gifting a newlywed couple a month's supply of honeymead following their marriage. In some traditions, this moon is referred to as the honeymoon, which may be tied to this bit of information. Specific names given to full moons can vary across different cultures and traditions, often reflecting local customs, seasonal events, or natural phenomena associated with that particular time of year. 
The full moon in Sagittarius carries a unique significance, combining the energies of the full moon phase and the fiery zodiac sign. These include expansion and exploration. Sagittarius is an adventurous and expansive sign associated with exploration, travel, and seeking knowledge. When the full moon occurs in Sagittarius, it can amplify these qualities, encouraging a desire for new experiences, personal growth, and broadening of perspectives. It's a time to embrace opportunities for learning, expanding horizons, and embracing a sense of adventure. Also, truth and wisdom. Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter, which is typically named for its associations with expansion and abundance, but is also the planet of wisdom and higher knowledge. This sign is associated with seeking truth, philosophical insights, and spiritual understanding. During the full moon in Sagittarius, there may be an emphasis on truth-seeking and gaining deeper wisdom. It's a time for reflection, introspection, and connecting with one's inner truth. Another one is optimism and positivity. The centaur archer is known for its optimistic and positive nature, so the full moon in Sagittarius can bring a sense of enthusiasm, hopefulness, and optimism. It's an opportunity to tap into the Sagittarian energy to cultivate a positive mindset, embrace opportunities for growth, and approach challenges with a hopeful outlook. We also have freedom and independence. When the full moon occurs in this sign, it can highlight the importance of freedom and authenticity. It's a time to assess whether we are living in alignment with our true selves, honoring our individuality, and embracing the freedom to explore and express our unique identities. Something else you might feel coming to the forefront is bluntness and honesty. I know I'm experiencing this one. Sharp as the arrow it wields, the Sagittarius is known for its straightforward and sometimes blunt communication style, and the full moon in Sagittarius can bring an emphasis on honest expression and direct communication. It encourages us to speak our truth, express ourselves authentically, and engage in open and honest conversations. And finally, we have higher purpose and vision. The Sag is associated with having a sense of higher purpose and vision, and during the full moon in Sagittarius, it can be a powerful time to reflect on our goals, aspirations, and the bigger picture of our lives. It invites us to connect with our vision align our actions with our purpose, and make choices that are in harmony with our long-term goals. These are some general themes and qualities associated with the full moon in Sagittarius. However, it's important to note that the specific influence and impact of the full moon can vary based on individual birth charts and the aspects it forms with other planets at the time. And before I move on, I want to add that this Sagittarius full moon is taking place on a Saturday, which is ruled by Saturn, an energy that is steady, realistic, and contained. When these two planets work together, Jupiter and Saturn that is, it represents a time of old things dying and new things being born, a time where our idealistic and imaginative dreams start to consolidate and take form in our lives and the world around us. Uh, Think of the rise and fall of royalty, leaders, and political arrangements. But the way this can be reflected in our own lives and the way we can work with these energies during the full moon is by embracing Jupiter's desire to change and progress while respecting the boundaries of tradition and structure that Saturn has set in place. The result is not drastic and sudden change, but the slow and steady progress towards growth and prosperity that comes with determination, courage, and diligence. 
What an auspicious time. So think about what really matters to you this full moon. Are they expansion and exploration, truth and wisdom, optimism and positivity, freedom and independence, bluntness and honesty, or higher purpose and wisdom? (laughs) These sound like factions in the Divergent series. Uh, I just realized that. Um, But think about what is most important to you and what changes you want to make or work towards in order to see the slow and steady growth in that area that endures the tests and tribulations of time. You've got this. Okay, so this is a Fortune and Flora episode, and we're getting started with it. Um, So we are here in the realm of the Wheel of Fortune. The Fool, our hero has just emerged from their time as the hermit, a time when they learned the value of stepping away from the collective at times and in asking the hard questions and prioritizing self-discovery. Now our fool seems ready and prepared to tap into collective cycles, fully equipped with the awareness that we are but a small cog in a larger machine and that what goes up must come down again. Let's take a look at the Wheel of Fortune as it appears in the traditional Rider-Waite-Smith system of tarot. Lots of rich symbolism here, quite a leap from the simple hermit card. I like to imagine that instead of encountering a new figure on his journey or going through a transformation and becoming something else, the fool experiences the Wheel of Fortune like a vision or a sudden download as they move forward on their path. After learning some deep truths about the self and subsequently the world at large, they now are learning how the way of the world at large can and will affect the self. We are not individual points in a sea of disconnected happenstance, but a part of a greater connected and intertwining system that is always in motion, always changing, and always moving through cycles. So let's look at it. In the center of the Wheel of Fortune card sits a wheel, or a rotating disc, if you will, that is decorated with esoteric iconography. These include the Tetragrammaton, as represented by the Hebrew letters that make up the unpronounced name of God on the face, as well as the letters T-O-R-A, thought to either be a version of the word Torah, meaning law, or tarot, or rota, which is Latin for wheel. In the centermost area of the wheel are additional symbols for mercury, sulfur, water, and salt, believed to be the building blocks of life, and also each of the elements. Just atop the wheel sits a sphinx, which represents strength, wisdom, and guardianship, indicating that the mysteries of life are being overseen and protected. And just below it, you can see Anubis, the Egyptian god and guide of the underworld rising from his place currently at the bottom. To the left of the wheel, a snake descends from above, symbolizing life force entering into the material world. And finally, on the outermost corners of the card are an angel, an eagle, a lion, and a bull, all winged and holding the Torah. They represent the four fixed signs of the zodiac, Aquarius, Scorpio, Leo, and Taurus, and highlight the idea that destiny operates within the framework of cosmic laws. Still, the entities that immediately encircle the wheel do not remain in a fixed position and are constantly moving and changing positions with the ever-revolving wheel, one coming up as the other one goes down. So, 
The Wheel of Fortune is the 10th card in the Major Arcana, and the number 10 points to new beginnings as interpreted through numerology. Fresh starts, a change in a job or career, or the beginning of a new venture like travel, business, or education all fall into this realm. A few more keyword energies of the number 10 include, other than fresh new beginnings, leadership and innovation, self-discovery, and independence. Individuals with 10s in their numerology charts can be very capable of looking at new beginnings with a positive attitude, naturally stepping into their innate leadership and innovation energies and letting their creative juices really flow, which all leads to the achievement of and the ability to navigate the realm of deep self-discovery with less fear or apprehension. Ultimately, this can translate into harmonious personal and professional relationships, so long as they maintain or attempt to maintain some balance. When a 10 is out of balance, they can be ungrounded, impatient, mercurial, and confused, disorganized, and feeling like success is out of reach, leading to difficult and strained relationships. So let's go back to the Wheel of Fortune, ruled by Jupiter and the elements of fire, just like Sagittarius, which, if you remember, will be housing tomorrow's full moon, the card, when pulled in a reading, brings with it the energies of luck uh, or luck that is about to change, chance, opportunity, changes, a turning point, movement, the cycle of life, ups and downs, fate, destiny, a chance encounter that can be life-altering, what goes around comes around, winning at a game of chance, a definite yes, good times, success, and gambling. The Wheel of Fortune card symbolizes the perpetual cycles and rhythms of life, emphasizing the concept of change and destiny. It reminds us that life is constantly moving and that everything has its ups and downs. The wheel represents the eternal flow of time, with each turn bringing forth new circumstances, opportunities, and challenges. At its core, the Wheel of Fortune signifies the principle of fate and the forces that shape our lives beyond our control. It illustrates that there are times when external factors and circumstances play a significant role in our journey, and it suggests that we are not always the sole architects of our destiny, but are influenced by larger cosmic forces and the interconnectedness of events. When the Wheel of Fortune appears in a tarot reading, it carries several key messages. Firstly, it indicates that change is inevitable and that we must embrace it rather than resist it. It encourages us to go with the flow and adapt to the ever-shifting circumstances of life. And it reminds us that even challenging times are temporary and will eventually give way to better fortune. The Wheel of Fortune also serves as a reminder of the cyclic nature of life. It suggests that what goes around comes around, and our actions and choices have consequences that circle back to us. It encourages us to be mindful of our decisions and actions as they contribute to the turning of the wheel and the outcomes we experience. Additionally, the card can symbolize unexpected opportunities or strokes of luck. It signifies a turning point where a new phase or chapter is about to begin, and it advises us to stay open-minded seize the opportunities presented to us, and trust that the wheel will turn in our favor. Ultimately, the Wheel of Fortune teaches us of the impermanence of both positive and negative circumstances. It cautions against becoming overly attached or complacent during prosperous times, as the wheel will inevitably turn again. 
Similarly, during challenging periods, it offers hope and the reassurance that better days will come. So when the Wheel of Fortune appears, we are being invited to reflect on the role of destiny and our response to it. While we may not have complete control over our external events, we have the power to shape our attitudes, perspectives, and actions in the face of change. By embracing the lessons of the wheel, we can navigate the twists and turns of life with greater grace and wisdom. So, roll with the punches. Expect the unexpected. Seize the day. Ride on the crest of a wave. And when Lady Luck pays you a visit, what you make of her gift is up to you. I had a brain brownout. Sorry about that. All right. Okay. Let's talk about allspice or pimenta dioica, also called Jamaican pepper or pimenta, is a popular and highly aromatic spice that is actually derived from the dried, unripened berries of a tropical evergreen tree from the myrtle family and is native to Jamaica and other regions of the Caribbean, as well as Mexico and Central America. You may have heard the silly rumor that Christopher Columbus discovered allspice in Jamaica, but in truth, he witnessed indigenous people making use of a spice that was no doubt a part of their culture for hundreds or perhaps thousands of years. In fact, allspice was used by the Mayans as an embalming agent, by native Central Americans to flavor chocolate, and by the Arawaks, and by extension the Tainos, to help cure and preserve meats. But as history would have it, he decided to call it his own discovery anyway. And this is why documented use of the spice only dates back to the late 1400s. (laughs) Bullshit. (laughs) Okay, so Spanish and Portuguese explorers thought the dried berry looked like a black peppercorn, so they named it Jamaican pepper, or pimento, from the Spanish word pimenta, which means pepper. Hence the use of these words in allspice's known folk names. Eventually, the English named it allspice because it is said to have the aroma of many spices, including cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, pepper, and juniper berries. And there were several attempts to grow allspice over in Europe, but the transplanted trees never produced much fruit. In creating the spice, the berries are briefly fermented, then sun-dried until brown. And like I just mentioned, although it's often mistaken for a blend of spices, allspice is a single-ingredient seasoning with loads of unique flavor. So good in a pot roast. Oh my god. Okay. In traditional medicine and folklore practices, allspice has been attributed with various uses and properties. It is important to note that the uses are based on historical beliefs and cultural traditions. In traditional medicine, it has been used as a digestive aid, used to alleviate digestive discomforts such as bloating, gas, and indigestion, uh, for pain relief, as a popular ingredient in liniments and poultices for relieving joint pain, arthritis, and muscle aches, and even rubbed on gums to relieve toothaches. It was thought to have anti-inflammatory effects and was also used for respiratory support to address issues like coughs, colds, and congestion, as well as an antimicrobial agent as it was believed to help fight against bacteria, fungi, and parasites. However, scientific studies are needed to confirm its effectiveness in these regards, something that is frequently lacking when it comes to traditional medicine as opposed to allopathic. 
In many witchcraft and folklore traditions, allspice is associated with the elements of fire and the planet Mars and is very uplifting, increasing energy and determination and making it useful in many different types of spells, especially healing spells. However, the elements of fire and the ruling planet Mars suggest that although this plant spirit lends great power and creative force, working with it should be done with care and respect. Allspice has been associated with various magical and spiritual uses, primarily due to these aromatic and energizing qualities. And here are some examples. Protection. Allspice is believed to possess protective properties and can be used in spells, rituals, or charms to ward off negative energy, evil spirits, or psychic attacks. Prosperity and abundance. Allspice has been associated with attracting good luck, wealth, and abundance and can be used in money spells or rituals to enhance prosperity and success. Love and romance. Some traditions suggest that allspice can be used in love spells or rituals to attract a romantic partner or strengthen existing relationships. Psychic abilities and divination. Allspice is thought to enhance psychic abilities and intuition and can be used in rituals or as an ingredient in divination tools to enhance clarity, insight, and spiritual connection. Energy and vitality. Allspice is believed to have properties that are energizing and invigorating, frequently used to boost personal energy levels, motivation, and vitality. Known widely as an herb of increase, allspice seems to have a lot in common with the energies of luck and good fortune, as it is said to be able to attract money and wealth, as well as increasing the potency, attraction, or intention behind your spellwork. You can keep allspice in your wallet to attract money, similar to what is done with bay leaves. You can combine it with candle magic to manifest wealth and abundance. Or you can burn it as an incense to also attract money and or luck, as well as to promote healing. It is important to remember that the use of allspice in witchcraft or spiritual practices is highly subjective and based on personal beliefs and traditions, uh, many of which have been passed down uh, through many generations. But as with any magical or herbal practice, it is essential to approach it with respect, intention, and a clear understanding of one's own beliefs and ethical considerations. So before I let you go, I just want to share an allspice bringing in abundance foot soak um, that I came across when I was doing some research in uh, plant witchery. Discover the Sacred Language, Wisdom, and Magic of 200 Plants by Juliette Diaz. And this is the Allspice Bringing in Abundance Foot Soak. Washing with this Allspice Soak will remove any blocks from your path, allowing abundance to come forth. What you will need, a half a cup of whole allspice and five to six bay leaves. What to do, bring six to seven cups of water to a boil. Add the allspice and bay leaves, reduce the heat, and let them simmer for 10 minutes. Let the water cool slightly, then strain it into a bowl large enough to rest your feet in. Allow your feet to soak in this for 5 minutes, then take a washcloth and rub your ankles, calves, and feet with the scented water. Okay, that is all that I have for you today. So please do me a favor, be well and have an amazing weekend.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of A is for Agrimony, coffee-stained notes on witchcraft. If you like what you've been hearing, please drop me a review wherever you listen. If you want some more content, please go to www.aisforagrimony.com, where you can find my blog, episode archive, spells and rituals, and soon to come, the coven shop. You can also follow me on Instagram at a underscore is underscore for underscore agrimony. That's an underscore in between every word. Or like my Facebook page, facebook.com slash a is for agrimony. Want to contact me? Shoot an email to reachmargo at a is for agrimony.com. And if you're interested in some exclusive bonus content, you can join me over on Patreon at patreon.com slash a is for agrimony, where I share early release, unedited video format episodes, weekly collective card readings, monthly spells, and much more. You're also welcome to send me some snail mail, if you're that kind of person, to P.O. Box 397, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, zip code 08003. I'd love a good surprise. or not. I don't know. Anyway, thank you for listening. Be well and have an amazing weekend. fortune signifies the principle of fate and the forces that shape our lives beyond our control. It, 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 <laughs> I don't know what just happened. Whoa. Okay. It illustrates that there are